A quick note before you dive into today's episode. While I will always be an advocate for multi-passionates embracing their talents as a gift, not a burden, I have decided that I'm no longer going to run a business with that as the goal. Please note that as you listen to any episodes, any of the offers that I have expressed, especially my coaching program, which I've talked about in many episodes, those are no longer relevant as my business is closing. If you'd like to stay connected, come and find me on LinkedIn. The link will be added across the show notes in all episodes. Be well. Welcome to the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast, the podcast where creatives come to embrace their talents as a gift, not a burden. I'm your host, Deanna Joy, lover of crystals and houseplants and mom to a very cute rescue pup named Chai. Together, we'll explore how to finally make friends with focus, ditching overwhelm and idea fatigue once and for all, and how to be unapologetic about who you are as a multi-passionate. But I'm not just going to pump you up with a bunch of empowerment content. I'm going to give you tools and practices that you can implement starting today. It's time to unlock your multi-passionate mastery. Let's begin. Today, I want to talk about why you don't have anything to prove as a multi-passionate. It's funny because anytime I'm driving on the freeway or just driving a long distance, I always get a random idea for a podcast episode. And that's exactly what happened with this one. I was driving over to my mom's house because I do my recording in her closet. You can go back to episode four to hear all about how that came to be. But Anyway, I was driving here and I was just thinking, it's so interesting how as a multi-passionate, we tend to move through this phase where we feel like we have so much to prove. We either want to prove that we can do all the things. And so we focus on how can we do as much as possible, as publicly as possible to prove that we can handle it all. Or it's the opposite and we want to prove that we can focus or keep up with the specialist. And so we really sacrifice a lot of ourselves in order to do that. Both sides of that coin are kind of harmful and neither of them are really helping you live in a space of multi-passionate mastery. So let's talk about why you don't have anything to prove. Before we get into why you don't have anything to prove as a multi-passionate, I want to just touch on what my personal definition of a multi-passionate creative is. This is something that I've answered often in other interviews that I've been on, but I don't think we've fully addressed it here on the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast. So let's do that now. My personal definition of what it means to be multi-passionate is you are someone who not only has a lot of interest, but you also have raw talent to match. So you might be interested in a lot of things, but it's not that you just want to dip your toes in and dabble. It's that you actually are gifted in those areas. In my case, I love to sing, I write songs, and I play the ukulele. And you could say, oh, that's just an interest that I have, but I'm really gifted at it to the point where I have been the lead singer in a band before. And I have thought several times about just throwing all this online business stuff away and just going and starting a band instead, because that sounds so fun. And there was a period of my life where that really was my focus. So it's not that there are just these interests, but there's a raw talent 
that's also there. Now, the reason that that's an important differentiator is because many of us have a lot of interest. A lot of people have more than one interest that's not uncommon. But when you match that interest with talent, now you have a lot of passions and a lot of things that you're gifted at and good at. And here comes the next component of what will make you a multi-passionate. Because you have this talent, because you have these gifts, you start to feel like, well, I want to share this. I want to share this with the world. Now, sometimes that might be a faint whisper, like it would be so great if I could start a business where I could showcase all my passions, or it would be so cool if I could figure out a way to do more than one thing because I'm really feeling like I'm leaving a lot of myself on the table. These could be faint whispers that you hear in your alone time or in your journaling practice or during your spiritual practice. Or they can be loud, loud bullhorns that are driving the force of your life where you just feel this pull to share all of these gifts that you have. Those three elements combined, in my personal opinion, that's what creates the experience of living as a multi-passionate creative. So let me do a quick recap of that. So you're not just interested in things, but you're gifted at a lot of things. And you have the desire to share these gifts with the world. And if you're like most multi-passionates that I know, especially that I meet early on in their journey before maybe we get a chance to work together, you might feel confused and conflicted by your passions. You might feel a little bit overwhelmed by them at times. It can feel like all of these talents that you have are actually just in your life to distract you or somehow work against you. Now, it doesn't help that a lot of traditional business advice throws multi-passionates under the bus. And, you know, you may hear people say, you can be multi-passionate in your personal life, but you need to have a very focused business. Or you don't want to have more than one offer in your business. It's going to confuse your audience. I've heard those things over and over, and it's one of my main motivations for starting this podcast and my coaching program and all the work that I do to help bring us out of that old crusty narrative and into a new paradigm shift where we can start to embrace the fact that just like there are introverts and extroverts, there are simply multi-passionate and specialists and we all get to have a seat at the table. That's my definition of what it means to be multi-passionate and being multi-passionate is a noun, not a verb. What I mean by that is existing in life as a multi-passionate creative is something that often doesn't feel like a choice. It's simply who you are. Okay. Shout out to Lady Gaga. It's very born this way energy. Okay. So (laughs) that's what I mean when I say it's a noun, not a verb. If we look at multi-passionate and we think of that as a verb, that's when we start feeling like there's something that we need to do in order to embody that. There's something that we need to upkeep. There's some action that we must be taking. And this is where we can get stuck in the proving ourselves. There was a time, not too long ago, I had started the Joy Knows How blog. That's my brand name. So if you've met me anywhere else other than this podcast, you probably know the name Joy Knows How. Joy is my middle name, Joy Knows How is the name of the blog that I started back in 2017, which eventually snowballed into the business that I have today. 
And I started that blog because I needed a way to put myself on the internet, to have a platform that I could have creative control over, and to experience what it would be like to have complete creative freedom as well, instead of being put into a box, which I was finding in so many spaces in the online arena. So I started my blog in 2017, and I started to really come to terms with the fact that I am multi-passionate as fuck. Like, it don't get more multi-passionate than me. (laughs) I love so many different things and I'm good at them. And that is not to say with any kind of arrogance or conceitedness, this is just simply who I am. It's a noun. It's how I exist, right? I'm a multi-passionate. That means that I have a lot of talents. And so I started to really think of, okay, I, I want to be a living example for people of what it means to be multi-passionate. And the mistake that I made was I started to treat it like it was a verb. Even though in my heart, I knew it's a noun. It's just who I am. It's not a verb. It's not something I need to perform. But I really did take it to that extreme. I was in a period of my journey where I was trying things out and I wanted to experiment with various business models and just give things a try, which is another topic for another episode, because I often feel like we don't give ourselves enough time to do that in business. So we'll talk about that another time. But I was definitely in that season where we get to me feeling like I had something to prove is when the burnout started to arrive. So during this time, I decided that I wanted to start an Etsy shop. So I had an Etsy shop where I sold vintage goods. I love to thrift shop. I would definitely say it's one of my passions. Home decor, another one of my passions, and I'm good at it. I'm skilled at it. I just have an eye for home decor. So I was putting together like vintage basket arrangements and finding beautiful vintage glassware and cutlery. And I was doing all of the photography myself. So I was able to flex that passion as well. And then I was listing it and I was writing articles about what I was doing. And so I was really exercising a lot of my skills with this Etsy shop. But what I began to find out slowly over time is that it's one thing to create a brand and start a cool vintage shop. And it's another thing to need to fulfill all those orders, have space in your home for inventory and all the other pieces that go with it. So I loved the process of creating the brand. I mean, I hand drew the logo. I used so many of my passions and my skills in this project of starting this Etsy shop. I don't have any regrets about it, but stay with me here. There's going to be a point to the end of the story. So I start to realize, oh, in order for people to get their products on time, I got to go to the post office and I've got to pack all these orders and I've got to print out the shipping labels and I've got to get boxes from the wholesale store. And it just became too much. And I fell out of love with it pretty quickly. But I didn't want to put it down because I felt that I had something to prove. At the same time, I was also doing Sunday serenades. This was a live session that I would do on Instagram every Sunday where I would sing. And it was really, really fun. And I kind of made it a big deal. I would have guest directors who were like the creative directors of the session. So it allowed me to collaborate. And then we would cross promote the event. 
People would show up live. I would talk about whatever I was working on, and then I would sing a song. It was fabulous. It was super duper fun. But eventually, keeping up with that every Sunday on top of everything else I was doing, it started to feel a little bit tiresome. But I didn't want to let it go because I thought that I had something to prove. Now, at this time, I was also blogging and making sure that I continued to put content out on the internet consistently, and I didn't want to let that go. So here we are. I'm at a place where I have really started to embrace who I am as a multi-passionate, but that is turning into overwhelm really quickly because I'm operating under the flawed premise that in order to say that I'm a multi-passionate and in order to inspire fellow multi-passionates, I've got to be doing everything. I think this is also when I first started coaching as well. I started like my first, my very first one-on-one coaching package, like way back in the day. So there was just a lot going on. And it's not to say that you can't do more than one thing. I think you know by now that that's definitely not what I'm trying to say, but I was unhappy. And I was in this state of feeling really torn because I felt like if I announced that I was closing my Etsy shop, or that I was no longer going to do my Sunday serenade sessions, people would judge me and go, oh, but I thought you were multi-passionate. I thought that meant that you ha- that you could do everything. And now you're just giving these things up. Maybe you don't have it together. Maybe you're not someone I can look up to. That's what I thought people were going to think. After some time of self-reflection, I thought about how I would coach a client through this very dilemma. And that's when I realized that I wasn't holding on to my Etsy shop because I loved having it. I wasn't holding on to the Sunday serenade sessions because I love sharing my music. I was holding on to all these different elements that I was trying to do at the same time because I felt like I had something to prove. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, I would never coach my clients that way. If a client came to me and said, well, I want to do this and this and this, and because I'm multi-passionate, I think that I should be able to do them all at once. I would say to them, hold on a second. Multi-passionate is a noun. It's not a verb. It's a thing. It's a person. It's an entity. It's an energy. It's a way of life. It's not something that you need to go out and do or prove. It is simply who you are. And when I realized that, I knew that not only did I want to close my Etsy shop, I wanted to do it very publicly and let it be an example for my clients at the time. I wanted to share with them that you can put things down and it doesn't make you any less multi-passionate. And that's exactly what I did. I did a post and I said, hey, I have had a lot of shame around this. I have been feeling like I have to keep up a certain persona and juggle a certain amount of projects publicly in order to prove that I've got this multi-passionate thing figured out. But what I have since realized is that multi-passionate is not an action that we must take. It's not something that we must prove. It is simply who we are. You can be a multi-passionate person and have one focused offer. But the way that you approach that offer by infusing different elements of your creativity could definitely be a multi-passionate approach. So I want to really dismantle the idea 
that you've got to prove yourself as a multi-passionate by doing all the things at once publicly. (laughs) I laugh now, but it was a really serious issue at the time. And I hope that if you're listening and you're doing this, maybe subconsciously, you're trying to pull off so many things at once because you think then you can prove everyone wrong or you can prove to yourself that you can do it. Please remember being multi-passionate, that's not something that needs to be proven. It's simply who you are. Now, the other side of this coin is the opposite approach, not doing the things that you want to do because you feel that you need to prove that as a multi-passionate, you can focus on one thing at a time or you can focus on one thing overall. This can come up in a myriad of ways. Oh my goodness, I cannot tell you the times where I've had conversations with maybe a potential coach that I was interested in or I've applied to be a guest on a podcast and someone has come back to me kind of saying, you know, well, I don't really know. I don't really agree with your whole concept that you don't have to choose one thing in order to be successful. I kind of think that you do. There's a lot of opposing opinions. Unless you are working with a multi-passionate coach or mentor like myself, you might be met with someone who genuinely does not understand your way of life who genuinely does not know what it means to wake up, to live in a body, to move through the world as a multi-passionate human being. And as a result, those who do not understand sometimes will tear you down and they may not realize that they're doing it. They may not realize that they're causing harm, but it's that dismissal. It's the way that someone glazes over the minute that you mention that you want to try something new. It's the way that someone stops you in the middle of your sentence when you say, and I also have this thing. And they say, whoa, 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 slow down. We can't talk. You know, those are like microaggressions towards multi-passionates. And I'm not being dramatic because that's what causes the shame that keeps multi-passionates not expressing our talents and not sharing our gifts. It's these small dismissals that build up over time. When that occurs, What happens is we go the opposite way, where now we want to try to prove that we can do one thing, that we are focused, that we're not all over the place. Maybe you have had an experience where you were struggling with something. Because you were struggling with it, you became hypersensitive to it. You figured out a way to work through it. You developed your own unique framework, your own unique method, and then you realized hold up, I could totally teach this. And so you got excited. You were ready to start putting this work out into the world and teaching a brand new concept. But because you're not a specialist in that field, because you don't have a bunch of client testimonials yet, because you don't necessarily have all the experience as someone who's been at it for a longer time, you might have gone through an imposter syndrome cycle and then never shared that work. If you've ever been there, it's okay. Take a breath. You can move through that. And the way to move through that is to remember there is nothing for you to prove as a multi-passionate. It is simply who you are. When you work through something and you come up with a great solution and it's time to share that solution, you don't have anything to prove. Being multi-passionate is not a hindrance. It is not a distraction. It is simply who you are. It is a different, less linear path. 
It is something that may require some specific support from a mentor or a coach who understands you, but it's not something that you need to overcome or prove. Either side of the coin, you don't have to prove that you can do everything at once and you don't have to prove that you're only going to do one thing forevermore. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was completely off the cuff. I just needed to get on my soapbox and share that with you today. If this episode landed for you, send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at joy knows how that's joy with an I and knows with a K with a period in between each word. So at joy knows how you can find me on Instagram DM me and I want to talk about this episode. I would love for this to be an ongoing discussion. 